So we're still, last week didn't get recorded because um, we totally ran out of battery. Um, but I think sometimes that's funny. But last week we were talking about like gratitude and we actually got to share some, some good stuff and felt good. Um, but this week we're going to start heading into, um, um, well, again, a little bit more of that discussion of aloneness. Um, any of you guys remember Jessica McClure? What do you remember about that? The Jessica McClure story. She was 18 months old when she fell down a shaft. Baby Jessica. And that happened like over 20 years ago. 20, 30 years ago. She's 18 months. She spent something like 30 or 40 hours down the shaft. And they had to drill like a power parallel shaft and then they came across this like mega granite ledge that they couldn't drill through or limestone, whatever it was that they couldn't drill through. Um, but one of the things that they said that was the most beneficial in saving Jessica was not the shaft, not all the people doing the engineering and trying to get to her, but rather the microphone and then the video equipment that actually they put down. There was someone talking to her the whole time that she was down that shaft. She wasn't alone. She never gave up because there was someone always there to encourage her. And when I think of that, not only does it bring tears to my eyes, okay, um, but I mean, that's the ultimate definition of what God wants for us that we're never alone. And being honest for myself, there's, you know, well, God is all you need, right? How many times have you heard that? Is that true? No. Why not? Isn't that scripture? God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. God is with us always. Mm -hmm. He will never forsake us nor leave us. Mm -hmm. Well. I mean, these, these are true verses, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So why is it not good that men be alone? Or was he alone? He had God with him. He created us to live in community. Exactly. So when when we, I mean, we need God with skin on. We need God with skin on. And that's what our human flesh is, God with skin on. We're made in his image. We are supposed to be a reflection of his likeness. And if we're doing our part, then I am God that is with my sister. And no, I'm not calling myself God, okay? There's no way I'm God, but at the same time, I am nothing more than the glove that's on God's hands when I allow myself to be like that. He's the one that forms me. The glove by itself is useless without the, the, the shape inside. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so 
last week we, were, we began to introduce the terms community of care. And community of care is basically the God with skin on, all right? The people in our lives um, that create a community so that the aloneness we may feel, regardless of whether we're in the middle of a crowd or we're in our living room totally alone, um, that aloneness is taken away. Lonely in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, you can be. Yeah, no, I mean, it's you can be lonely anywhere, any place. You know, you can be at work in the middle of a crowd. I think it's a tool that the enemy uses to isolate you. That you think, for me, just growing up and growing up and then being in the church, I still felt like, you know, I'm the only one who feels this way. I'm the only one who had all this happen to me. I'm the only one. Nobody understands because they haven't dealt with this. They haven't felt this way. They haven't, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, um, we put ourselves in a box or we're put into a box, one of the above, and we're alone. And when we're in that box, there's certain characteristic traits that tend to come out on us. Anger, fear, um, depression. Um, difference between anger and depression. Anger is outward. Depression is, in, you know, we either implode or explode. Okay. Um, a lot of times that without a community of care, we become guilt-ridden and shame-filled. You know, where we believe... Let me say, we believe God's word, but we can't internalize and make it real for ourselves. I know God loves me, but I don't feel his love. I know it, but I can't live it. You know, um, Andy and Paulette are mentors. Um, they picked up from David and Teresa Ferguson living living out scriptures you know not just taking the word and applying it but actually living it and with young kids identifying when they're walking out scripture you know and I really wish I'd learned this concept when my kids were younger you know when they're sharing um, you know it's like bringing scripture that help identify that they're living out what God wants them to do you know um, to to even in an adult life with Ron or I, you know, saying, hey, you know, I really love the way that you just did, you know, God's word there. I love the compassion in your heart that you showed towards so and so. You know, those types of things are developing a community of care. When we don't have that community of care, all of a sudden life is a lot harder. A lot harder. So. We've been talking about living in the present, and now we're talking about living in the present with a community of care. So what do you guys think a community of care looks like? Or why, let me back up a second. How many of us have internally cried out that someone would come alongside us and notice what we're going through, the pain that we're experiencing? Okay? Um, why don't we reach out? What are some reasons why we don't reach out? Okay, how so? 
look like I need help. Okay. I go to church, I have to look like I've got it all together and based on a smile and yeah. Okay. Shame. Shame. How so? Um, just speaking to the aloneness thing. Like, sometimes we feel like we're by ourselves until when we get or speak to that one that we're asking for help or just to come alongside us, realizing that they have stories too. They've been there too. And I think we have to remember to, to say, you know, after we let them vent or whatever or share, that, you know, we can also say, you know, you're not alone. Uh, you know, and share your story, have the opportunity to share your experiences. But we don't reach out for fear of judgment, or we don't reach out yeah. because, like what Victoria had said, no one else really will understand. But I think we also, in the church, have experienced judgment. We haven't allowed people to share without judging. And and anyone, have right <laughs> anyone have that experience? Anyone have that experience? Yeah, we give scriptures, right? You know, instead of just being the ear. And if you had enough faith, yeah. And if you believe, like you'd be yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Being vulnerable, like, and you're laying down your walls, and then somebody, you know, as a man, you know, a lot of times we don't like to be vulnerable or laying down our walls, but then people speak into our lives. So we have to learn to, to, learn to do that. Um, I think many times we don't do it because we feel that it's a sign of weakness. Okay. And you know, especially from the from the from the church side, um, we've been told because we are new creations in Christ, somehow or another, the whether spoken or unspoken, um, the idea given that um, since you are a new creation in Christ, you Somehow or another, if you show that you have issues or vulnerability, somehow or another, you are. You're doing it wrong, and there's you're something. You're doing it wrong, or that you're really not saying, you know, all the, all the church bombs you like to throw. How many times have we not reached out because we don't want to be a burden to someone? Mm -hmm. Or they're too busy? Mm -hmm. Or this issue isn't really big enough. They won't be able to relate. Or all I ever do is complain. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to reach out. Right? So for all of these reasons, we keep ourselves in that box. We keep that ourselves in that aloneness. So now the question is, how do we break out of that box without being... Um, without being the complainer, without being a codependent, without being um, someone that's demanding to be enabled, right? And we all know individuals like that too. You have to help me. You have to. Um, and Galatians um, 6, 5 really speaks to this. Um, I have my Bible up. Give me just a second to get it open. And it was open, and now it's recycling. Galatians 6 5 talks about the bearing one another's burdens, right? Uh, for each, um, I'm going to start with 6 2 and read through. Um, 
So in context, I'm reading 6.1. Um, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Instructor. So, in that context, it's talking about sin and temptation. How does that context fall into or apply to what we're talking about where developing a community of care and working out a circumstance where we're not alone? Is, is what we're doing by judging ourselves, by comparing ourselves to others, by thinking less of ourselves, are those sins? You're in your mental health. Okay. Which in fact deteriorates your body and then you're not as effective for Christ. All, all of the, I mean, we don't think of them as overt sins. I mean, it's not like going out and killing someone. It's not like, you know, committing adultery. It's not, but if we're meant to call, if we're called to be in relationship with one another and we're isolating ourselves for self-protection, for shame, for pride, for, you know, all of the, all of the other, you know, things that we mentioned, we're actually walking in sin, not to add more guilt or anything else like that, but just to change the perceptions of where we're standing. When we're walking in aloneness, we're not giving opportunity to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and love our neighbor as ourselves. We're not allowing our neighbor to love us either. And that goes against the fullness of what Christ wants and anything that is against the fullness of what Christ wants is missing the mark, which is sin. Um, then it says, carry each other's burdens. And later on it talks about carrying, um, for each one should carry their own load. What's the difference between a burden and a load? How come this word wasn't the same? Anyone ever look at that? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's 6-2. And then later on at 6-5, it says, for each one should carry their own load. What is the verse before 6-5? The verse before, then you, they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves for to someone else for each one. Um, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own load. So okay. I think that the, I think in the, in the context when you talk about relationship in terms of carrying each other's burdens, the context to me is not meant for, if I'm carrying somebody else's burdens, it doesn't necessarily mean that I am. He's not meaning it from the standpoint that I'm taking that load from them and now adding it to my own load, right? 
But from the standpoint of, that you're talking about from relationship, mm -hmm. to be able to come alongside and have concern and have empathy and have encouragement and have those things that I enter into with my brother or sister to help them to be able to carry their load, right? So that load is still mine, but when I don't, and when I don't rely on my brothers and sisters, where God can give them revelation also to help me carry my own load, when I don't do that, as you're saying, then you do begin to walk into that sin because you're actually blocking off where God may, has these people that can help you as you show them your burden, they give you revelation, they give you knowledge, they give you encouragement, they give you those things that you need, right? Mm -hmm. That, ought, again, it comes to that sense of pride, right? Even though we don't, we don't want to look at it like pride, but there's a certain part of that that says, whatever those burdens that I'm carrying, I have to be able to find a way to carry this on my own, which we were not created to do. Okay. Thank you for sharing. And I think when we voice out what's bothering us to someone else, and then that's what starts helping us heal. And then people, then, then the people are listening to you, right? And then a lot of times they don't have to agree with you, but they can show you ways on how to help you with that if that's what they ask for. Redirect. Right, redirect. Your and, thoughts. But, but as long, because that's how we get our salvation, right? When we open our mouth and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you know, then, then the same way when we when we share our testimony, we're opening our mouth, that could help someone. Mm -hmm. So in that same respect, when we open our mouth, you know, I need help, this is what's going on. And somebody can step in and, and, and help. Well, well, um, anyway. No, no, I want you. So, I was just maybe thinking about what Joe was sharing is that I had a best friend. Well, she's still my best friend, but she was much more mature in the word and her relationship with God at the time. And I relied heavily on her relationship with God. You know, it was her spending time in worry, it was her praying and her doing all these things. And I was just sitting back calling like, oh, well, what, you, what, what did God say? What did God tell you? What did you know about my life? And then one morning I thought I heard the Lord say in my friendship with her. And I'm like, no, Lord, you know, but he wasn't asking me to end my friendship. But what he was saying is that you need to have your own independent relationship with me and not relying on where she's at. And you need to get up and get in the word for yourself. You need to spend time with me for yourself to learn my voice and understand my voice. So when I'm speaking to you, you will know instead of waiting to, for her to hear what you, you you told her to tell me, you know. Yeah, that's good. And that's, I mean, when we talk about the difference between a burden and a load, we look at them as synonyms, and they're actually not. All right. When you look at, and I'm, there's no way I'm going to try to pronounce the original language or anything else like that, but essentially the word load is like a knapsack. All right, it's a small backpack. Now, backpacks can get heavy. They can get cumbersome, they can weigh you down, they can hurt, all right? A, um, a burden is, a burden's a boulder, all right? The knapsacks we can usually handle on our own. The boulders are too big to handle on our own. So when it talks about sharing our burden, 
um, versus sharing our load. We're meant to share each other's burdens, to come alongside and to lift up. What the Stevens ministry, I'm going through this horrible thing right now. I'm going through a period of grief. I'm going through a period of, of unemployment. I'm going through a period of sickness. I, I need someone to come alongside and hold my hands up because it's wartime. All right. And, and I need those hands held up and I just don't have the strength within me anymore. The daily struggles of life, God asks us to be yoked with him. Let's seek out his word. Let's, you know, carry our own relationship with him. Um, so when we, we talk about um, the load, all right, there's some different things, okay? Those are the things that we're responsible for. It's our yoke. And remember what a yoke is? All right? It's the thing that, that girdles around our neck, all right? And the yoke, our yoke is paired with Christ. It's a double yoke, right? So it's not this, you know, chain where we're being dragged around. If we're walking alongside, this yoke is guiding us. It's gently turning the neck, all right? And it's made to fit. So what is it that we are supposed to do within this yoke? Be responsible for what we adopt as opinions and beliefs. There's a lot of opinions and beliefs within the church that don't come from Scripture. All right? A whole lot. Do we wear dresses? Do we wear makeups? Do we get tattoos? Do we get piercings? All right? Do we, you know, all of those... And even today, in today's world, a lot of Christians look at their sexuality as doctrinal truth when it's really opinions, all right? And when I talk about, you know, sex before marriage, sex during, all of the above, all right? Take responsibility for what you take into your mind and your thought life. That's our load to carry. We're responsible for the talents that God has given us and how we develop them. What talents has God given you? I don't care if you're three years old or 300 years old. God's given you talents and gifts. What are they and how are you using them? And believe it or not, God doesn't say you have to apply this gift only to the church. You don't have to be involved in a ministry to still exercise the talents and gifts that God has given you. But you need to recognize that the talents and gifts come from God and that he's placed you in different areas to be able to utilize those. For his glory. Okay. You know, big kind of differences. We're responsible for what we put into our body, how we exercise and care for our physical being. We're responsible for what we do with the 24 <laughs> hours a day we're given. Have you guys ever been surprised on how much you can get done in an hour? Yeah. Yeah, if you stop scrolling. You stop scrolling. Well, I mean, and, but that's the truth, right? I mean, when you think of if I don't have enough time, and then I don't have enough time, we make time for what we want to do. That's absolutely right, Victoria. I don't have time. I mean, my biggest issue with time is having it in alignment with other people's time. You know, that's my biggest issue with time. Um, so we're responsible for the way in which we approach our work and execute it. 
That's our load. All right. And that's regardless of whether or not it's the nine to five pay job or it's cleaning the toilet job. You know, we're responsible. You know, if, if I'm cleaning my house and just kind of whatever, sweep it under the rug and I'll get to it later on a consistent basis, keyword consistent. Okay. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, am I, am I doing, am I acting responsibly for the way that God has wanted me to do? Okay. Um, this is the other thing. We're responsible for setting our own goals and making my own plans to achieve those goals. This is a real hard one when you're in relationship. When you're in a marriage relationship, you've got your goals, your spouse has their goals, all right? And you want to try to be on the same page with those goals. At the same time, your spouse may have different gifts and talents, okay? <laughs> So how do you work out to have the same goals, to still grow and reach your own personal grow goals within the unity of a relationship? And that relationship can be family goals too, household goals. You know, my, my goal is I, I want to begin to worship um, more effectively, so I'm going to be blaring worship when my husband's goal is to get rest because he's traveling. It, those are kind of... <laughs> But how do you make it work? It's my load. It's my husband's load. So we need to figure out how to share the load. None of these things that I'm talking about are burdens, though. None of them are burdens. They're loads. We can take it, put the knapsack aside, open it up, unpack it, decide what we want to put back in, what we want to focus on, what we want to carry with us. I know we had we had a burden a couple of years ago with our with our one son, the family, and we had to share, right? And then through that sharing, we were able got counsel, and through that counseling, was able to pray with that, and now the relationship is Excellent. much better. It took a while. Sure. It, took, it took over a year for it to even to start getting to that point where we could talk again, but it was. But that was a big burden because, you know, my kids, our kids mean everything to us. When that happened, it was like a crushing blow, right? And that's, that's the whole thing. When we look at, um, and I'm going to get to burdens, when we look at, you know, we're talking about being in the present, right? Being in the moment. Is the issue that we're dealing with a load or a burden? The, um, give me just a second. The things that I was just talking about were a load. Burdens are much different. And I want to get to that. But. but I think some of those things in your load can become a burden if you don't take care of them. But who's responsible for it? Mm. How we think about it, how we respond to it. Um, you know, it's okay, fine. Um, I'm having stress because of x y and z at work so what i'm going to do is go and eat a chocolate cake i've got to understand you know yeah i've got to, you know yeah there's issues there's issues at work it's stressing me out but i don't know that eating a chocolate cake is good all right so all right i can think now it's a burden now i'm going to go for help so now i'm going to ask everyone at work what they think about you know what my boss did 
and I'm going to ask, you know, at least 15 of the people at church. <laughs> right? I mean, do we not do that? All right. Then we wind up turning it into, now I'm a gossip, and am I really looking for assistance with my load, or am I, you know, am I turning it into, I'm a codependent, and I need someone to come and rescue me, and it's not going to be God. Or I need someone to justify me, so I'm going to keep talking to people about this issue until I get someone that says, oh my goodness, yeah, I'm right there on the same page as you. You know, why we have a lot of good Christian relationships saying, yeah, you should divorce him. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't live with a man who does. I wouldn't live with a woman who does. And none of them are abuse and fidelity, you know. It's, you know, he's just a slob and, you know, he curses and he drinks and, you know. And I'm not agreeing with any of those things that those are healthy habits to, um, to, to, to engage. And there's other issues and other concerns. At the same time, are you going to find someone that's going to agree with you or are you going to find someone that's going to hold the word of God not as a... Well, you're a horrible, and this is on the other side of it, you know. Yes, you're getting beat up every night by your husband, but the word says you can't get divorced. You have to stay in relationship with him. Okay? There's, there's, yeah. Um, Joe, you were going to say something? I was going to say, um, in terms of load, I think the other thing we have to look at is many times we can take loads that are not loads that the Lord intended us to carry. Yes, we do that a lot. And so, um, you know, and so I think that that's where, again, where it's so important to to be in the Word and have that connection with the Lord because, and loads change. Mm -hmm. Loads change because in one season, that may be a load that you need to carry, and the Lord is saying that yes, this is a load you need to carry. <clears throat> but a season in your life changes, and the Lord says that was a load that you carried then. You are no longer to carry this load. But if we are not, if we don't have that intimate relationship with Him, so that we know that the load that we're carrying, we're truly supposed to carry. Because you have too many people today, which are they're overloaded because they think that, you know, I gotta carry all this stuff, and then you know they're they're sick, they're upset, they they've gone bipolar, and I mean, you know, all kind of stuff happen when it's really they're carrying loads that God never intended for them to carry in the season that they're in. I'm gonna go into a little bit about burdens, and then I want to bring back an example. Uh, the burden, like I said before, is, is just, it's a huge boulder that is this overpowering, oppressive um, thing that you can't get out from under. The boulders tend to be crises, all right, sicknesses, um, physical stuff, something where, you know, emotionally the rug has been pulled out from underneath us. You know, those types of things are burdens. Um, or um, the burdens are generally not ongoing things. Burdens are short-term work. 
Now, when we say short term, I mean, repairing Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina, it's still an ongoing burden, all right? The initial um, first year, 18 months, it was major, lots of people shared the burden. But there are still people that are rebuilding houses from that time, lifting individual burdens off rather than the community burdens, all right? But that's, that's a burden. Um, If you're four years past the death of someone and still grieving the way you did when they initially died, that's not a burden anymore. That's a load that needs healing. Does that make sense? And again, not to say that you're not going to still have grief four years later, but if you're carrying the grief the same way you did when they initially died, that's no longer a burden, it's a load that needs repacking. Because there's a lie you're believing, there's, there's um, something untruth that you're standing on in that circumstance. Am I making sense? Agreement? Okay. Um, boulders and knapsacks require far different responses. Um, and we need, as both members of a community that cares and members of a community that needs care to understand the differences for ourselves. When we don't hurt alone, we do express vulnerability, express humility, give first, all of that other things. So what I want to talk about is how do we develop that community care? How do we, how do we, how do we know the difference between when we're complaining when we're trying to put our loads onto someone else, right? because we're looking for answers for ourselves, how do we develop a community of care around us? How do we find people of safety that we can share our burdens with and walk through our loads when they become too heavy? Are you asking? Yeah. Okay. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it from my own experience, um, and this is just God trying to grow me up, because um, I was the one complaining and going around and seeking and asking, you know, for help. Not that I didn't need to, but there was a place, and it had, and I'm still working through the process of trusting God. And I keep hearing the scripture, "Work out your own soul salvation." So why am I allowing whatever trial or temptation that's coming upon me? to take me to this place where I need to not first consult God about it, because sometimes we don't consult Him. Mm -hmm. you know, we go straight to someone else without seeking God's help. And so I think He's the best counselor that we already know, but we try to skip around that. And not that He didn't place anyone there, but I think we have to seek out His um, His answers for our circumstances and, and really sit there. Sometimes we have to sit in the pain. We have to wait till His answer comes. It may not come right away, but we have to trust that he's going to walk us through it. And yes, we, we do feel alone, but we're not alone. And knowing that and having confidence in that, that God is with me and he's going to get me through this with the help of someone or, you know, myself. It could be just me needing to mature and stop relying on other people because God is trying to mature us. Mm -hmm. He's trying to grow us up. Mm -hmm. That's very similar to what Elaine was talking about. It's not... It's not 
not having the friendships that might be encouraging, mm -hmm. but not depending on those relationships to be the God direction, mm -hmm. but to actually go to God, go to his words, go to a prayer closet, to mm -hmm. start journaling, to whatever, um, to seek out answers mm -hmm. from God directly, yeah. rather than trusting in other people or other programs to be God's answer. And I think we can make them out of an idol too. Mm -hmm. And then our truest testimony when we do get to, or get delivered from that, that whatever that thing is, that our testimony and our story becomes more of a powerful and anointed thing where someone can really heal or receive what we've been through. How many here have gotten really great revelation from God through the voice of someone else? How easy is it to depend on that voice coming from God through someone else rather than through our Bible study or through our... Am I making sense? It be really easy. You know, it's because it's, I don't hear God when I'm reading scripture. I don't hear as clear as Susie does, as, you know. Because this person has a direct line from God. Okay, and I don't. Okay. That's the enemy though, he will tell you that. You're absolutely Again, right. You have to be careful of believing those false beliefs. The word says so we that we know the shepherd's voice. Mm -hmm. We need to recognize, and this is how we know whether or not we're we're trying to share our load with everyone. You know, when we go, are we trying to understand what the shepherd's voice sounds like to us? When we're reading, are we? Okay. That, 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 you know, or are we saying, okay, Lord, what does this mean? Are we personalizing the scripture? Are we putting our names in the scripture? Are we saying, Lord, reveal to me what you have for me in this passage? Reveal to me. Are we spending time when we're worshiping saying, you know, uh, I, you know, I wish I could think of just this popular secular song, you know, where we just kind of sing along with the music. All right, we do that fine with the 60s or whatever music, but are we singing along with the worship music or are we worshiping in song? You know, it makes a huge difference on how I feel about church when I'm actually worshiping as I'm singing versus singing. Oh yeah, that was a good, you know, that was a good thing this morning, you know? Um, but when I'm thinking about the words and applying them. And that's the difference between the load and the burden, where our perspective is coming. And I've said this before, I think we should have like the three people in our lives, one person that we're pouring into, someone pouring into us, and someone holding us accountable. And sometimes mm -hmm. the person pouring into you could be the accountability partner. Mm -hmm. And when you have that good support system, like this week, you know, when you're talking about, you keep trying to find an answer that sounds good, like, I was complaining about my job at first because they were offering buyouts to certain people. And then I'm like, well, why are they offering it for my position? And then finally an email came out that they were offering a $25,000 buyout for my position where I can retire now versus in three and a half years. So when I was putting that out there to my circle, 
people, you know, I'm looking for an answer and they all, because I'm glad this is my, they say, you need to pray about it and, and trust God. We don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were supposed to tell me. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I wanted someone to say, yeah, take it, you know, and I wanted someone to tell me why I shouldn't take it, you know, but in the end, the reality is the Lord is saying, you know what, trust me with this, mm-hmm. you know, don't be anxious. And they wanted me to give an answer. You got to be gone by January. And I'm like, that's too soon. I'm not for a minute, I'm like, I'm not really ready to go, you know. So I was getting anxious, and the Lord gave me that scripture, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. But at that moment, I wanted somebody to tell me, yeah, take it. But mm-hmm. um, but in the end, I know I got to pray, and I got to trust God, you know, with this decision, because it's a huge decision. But and I'm glad that, I'm going back to what I was saying, is that having people in your life, you know, that can point you back to the Word of God. So should I go? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think you need to pray about it. And being careful that it's not too many voices, because sometimes right. too many voices we don't hear God's voice. And that's and too that's one of the parts when we're talking about developing a community of care. It's important to be selective. It's important to be selective. Um, you know, my own personal belief: if you're having issues with your marriage your family is not a good community of care, okay? Because your family is going to want to support you for the most part, all right? So you start telling the bad things, okay? I'm going to say bad-mouthing. But even if it's not bad-mouthing, even if you're having a legitimate struggle and you're not, you know, calling them all sorts of names under the thing, that's still going to change their mindset. And family is... A close thing. Same thing like at work. You're having issues with your boss or your coworker. Don't talk to other coworkers or other people because you're you're tainting. You know. I mean, yes, if you've got a, a an HR system where there's a hierarchy and if there's a real issue, or but try to talk to a more objective third party, someone that that loves you, can hear your side, can give you maybe a different perspective. But don't go talking to everyone at the lunchroom, all right? You're going to cause more friction, all right? You're going to cause more friction, and that's not a good community of care. Does that make sense? So what are other ways to develop community of care? Right, you Small groups. Uh, in the church, we've got uh, the Stevens Ministries. You've got, um, I keep forgetting your, the Conquer Series, okay? You've got Cleansing Stream, Celebrate Recovery, the Grief Share, all right? Any of the small groups, you know? Um, Connecting with people that are going in your same direction and your same beliefs. Have your same values. One thing, one piece of advice I heard, I think it was Dave Ramsey actually, who said, "Don't don't talk to people who aren't where you want to be." I mean, you're not going to go to your divorced friends and talk to them about your marriage, like because they don't know, right? Right? I'm doing great. Look at me. I mean, but seriously. And if they're not where you want to be, don't. I don't suggest taking their advice. I mean, there are certain friends, you know, whatever. Like, 
um, I have a mentor, so she hears all my stuff. But and there's nothing. But she's also going in the same direction I am. So. I think that I mean, but that's that's a really important statement that you made. Don't go to someone who's not where you don't want to be. Go to someone who's where you want to be. And don't hold that person up as the end all be all. Right. They're still a person. Still you know? Human. They're still human. And just because you think they have the best connection with God possible, they have the best uh, finances, they have the best marriage, they have the best, you know, the truth is they don't. <laughs> they don't. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. There's not one yeah, of us, that, you know. You still could learn something from yeah. that person. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's they'll give you a different perspective. They'll give you um, they'll give you awareness of the obstacles that they faced along the path, and tools on how they got around those obstacles. But bringing it back to why don't we have a community of care? Why are we fearful of reaching out? Because of that pride, because we put other people up on this pedestal. And then when we share our vulnerabilities, they may share some of their vulnerabilities and all of a sudden, wait a second, I'm not gonna take their advice because they're as bad off as I am. And you know, recognizing that we're all we're all the same but different. Um, on Facebook yesterday where this lady, she, when she started her school year, middle school schoolers, she, it, first it was a bag hanging on the wall with a bunch of crumbled up papers. And I'm like, where is this going? And it was, because it was long, I'm like, okay, I want to take time to read that. You know, I used to say that. It was like, but what she said she did every year is she starts off her students, she asks for them to write down what keeps them up at night. What stresses are they going to? What are some things in their life they can change or things they're dealing with? Or it wasn't, she used the word burdens, but it was something similar to that. And all the kids wrote everything up, and then each one would read it, you know. And she said, with that, by the end of the class, kids were emotional and sharing because one kid wrote that, you know, I don't have a father. You know, one person wrote, you know, my mom was on drugs or my my dad was in jail, you know, and all it's all these kids compassion for one another and that they all understood that we're all going through something, you know, in that class. And she said she kicked the bag, you know, the crumbled up papers on there as a reminder for the kids is that we all have something to give. Mm -hmm. You know, and she said that each every year the kids probably didn't turn out wanting to participate, you know, but they did. And just the emotions of them sharing their stories with one another because she would volunteer when the person said, because they would read somebody else's paper, like, okay, so, you know, who grew up without a father in their home or whatever? And then that kid would volunteer and say, it was me. And then would get emotional. And then the other class would get emotional with them. So it was a good lesson on compassion. Mm -hmm. So she said, every year it never fails that it turns out that way. And we've done that in this class. Um many years ago um, where we walked the line, you know, and anyone who likes the color blue cross over the line, you know, anyone who lost a spouse walked the other line, anyone who was suicidal, you know, the question started very 
mundane, so to speak, safe. And they gradually went up. And if we really knew what everyone in our circle went through and continues to go through, um, we would have a lot more empathy in this world and we would have a lot less fear sharing our own stuff. You know, there's no one that is perfect. Not walking, not alive, you know, except for Christ um, through Holy Spirit. The rest of us have got it in some ways, don't have it in other ways, but we're meant to carry each other's burdens and learn how to carry our own load in an appropriate ma manner. And that community of care, being vulnerable, of finding safe people, a limited number of safe people, where you can share that these individuals will, and I, I really love what Victoria had said, um, that are where you want to be, are going in the same direction. Have what you want. At the same time, keep in mind your personality, your giftings are going to be different than that person. And because you can't get to their level on some things, or what you perceive their level, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Might not be your friend. It's funny you say that because every time I reach out to those people, they just revert me right back to the Bible. <laughs> and it's like, I'm coming to you, and you're giving me this scripture or whatever, but those are good friends, I know. And that's what makes me keep going back to this. It, they're good friends, but it's frustrating when when we're not hearing God through the scripture for ourselves and we're receiving it as Christian cliches and judgment because we will do that. Yeah. Um, that's where carrying our load means choosing not to see it as Christian cliches, choosing not to see it as judging scriptures, but instead going into our closet and saying, Lord, I know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I know that there's something in this for me. Show me what it is. And choosing not to take that on as judgment or Christian cliches. You know, Joe? Um, I was just going to say, you know, I, I think part of the, the everything we've been discussing, you know, to really... Hearing God's voice a lot is like being on frequency, that wavelength, and it takes it takes dedication and it takes practice and it takes consistent effort. You know, I think many times, you know, we 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 want God to to say something to us like right away, or we want to open up the scriptures and and expect God's gonna just kind of speak to us really quickly and when you open the scriptures yeah many times God does speak to you mm -hmm. but to really hear God to hear the deep things of God to be on a deep level with God takes that consistent working listening um, self-reflection mm -hmm. you know so that what we're actually hearing 
is really what God is saying mm -hmm. and not what we're trying to superimpose on what God, what we think that we want God to say. Um, and, and there's a, a deep humbling and a deep submission and a daily, a daily work of that that has to happen over a period of time that we begin to hear his voice mm -hmm. and then we don't put him in a box mm -hmm. because God speaks to us in multiple ways and multiple times and he can use very he can use varying degrees of different things at any time he wants to but it really takes that spiritual discernment that is a that is a work you know that we have to work at we have to work it. And all of that happens in a community. Yes. That's why we have to still be educated. That's one of the reasons why we come to big church. You know, it's one of the reasons why we do Bible studies. It's one of the, but we can't depend on other people's interpretation. We have to get that from God, from Scripture. Questions, comments, side remarks? Yes, ma'am. Don't tempt me. <laughs> I think too we have to when we get advice or when we get you know whatever comments suggestions we have to line that up. It should be confirmation of what God's kind of already been showing you. In my experience, usually by the time somebody says something, it's either confirmation or it rings true, and then I have to just make sure that that's what you know. God, this is what they said. It's really what you want. You know, it, it, it's not an easy process. Um, you know, but even going back, Elaine, to your choice that you need to make, there's a lot of wisdom in talking to a financial planner, talking to someone who has retired, talking to, you know, um, people that are going to continue to work to to gather the information and the practical perspective that you may not be seeing. You know, um, so there's 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 not anything wrong with going and getting different perspectives but ultimately they're perspectives and you need to weigh the decision with yourself and God not you know the financial planner thinks it's <laughs> oh your coworker thinks it's you know it's it's get the information um, and ultimately like I said get the answer from God and it's not easy, you know. It's 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 not an easy process. Um, when Ron went independent, um, we'd been wanting and praying about being independent. You know, him quitting his job and that for for a good long time. And um, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, when? Well, our bank account didn't say when. You know, our bank account certainly wasn't where it needed to be. In, in actuality, um, you know, when you don't get paid or bring in any income for three to four months, it's looking like you didn't hear from God. Um, you know, but we knew that we knew that we knew that God said, take a leap. You know, and now two years later, we see the benefits of swimming in the deep end. You know, but at the beginning, it's like, did we hear God right? You know, it's... <laughs> Well, think about Abraham. If Abraham had asked all his friends whether he should follow this voice to a exactly. place he didn't know, they would have gone, you're crazy. Yep. Don't go. Just stay right here. All your friends and family are here. Why are you going to go out there? You're rich. Some... All your flocks yeah. are good. You're going to risk killing your flocks. Your head? What's going on? <laughs> the Israelites, every time something bad happened, like, 
We should have stayed in Egypt. <laughs> All of the above. That's why, again, what does God's voice say to you? You know, um, last week Ron shared, you know, it's like when God told me I had to stay with him. I got mad at God. I, I initially did not want to stay with my husband, you know, and, but God, I love those two words, but God, you know, um, I was obedient in that manner and, and he's done a good work. So Lord, we, we thank you father for, we thank you Lord for allowing us to live in community. Lord, um, I'm just thinking right now, there's so many communities that are unhealthy, these radical groups that spur up anger and hate and um, distortion of your truth. Uh, but Lord, you've called us to be in healthy community where we can spur on one another and carry each other's burdens and, and um, grow each other through discipleship and support. So Lord, I just pray for each and every person here and each and every person that um, is not here today but has been here. Lord, we just ask um, that you show us where our loads are and you show us where our burdens are and you put us into a community of care where we're not fearful of, of being a burden to someone else or being shamed or being vulnerable and um, having someone judge us but instead Lord where there's um, opportunity for accountability um, encouragement hope support and love Lord you are the greatest burden bearer you took our burdens and you laid them at the foot of the cross and you conquered them once and for all but Lord we tend to still drag our stuff around um, and I'm so grateful that you've left us with Holy Spirit that we can enter into your throne room where we find mercy where we find grace Lord, just continue to grow our heart with an attitude that seeks your voice. Whether it be a loud, booming voice or that still, small voice. Lord, let us be able to recognize it more and more, more readily. So that, Lord, when we're going down the road and we're not sure of the direction, you can tell us, turn left, turn right, go straight. That we are walking in your way in perfection. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.